0: StravaCraft coffee is the rich CBD infused coffee that you can now purchase in K cups if you have a Keurig, or you can always get the whole bean or ground options as well. And you can get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 at checkout online and get it shipped straight to your door. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. Here's- suits and scars Nathan McKinnon Col J.T. Comfort 877 goes now Gabriel Landeskog collective hugs 29 and 92 see me by Drew Bauer move over Picasso this piece of art is by McKinnon my goodness gracious (laughs) Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, my go-to shop for my Breckenridge Brewery. You can get pickup or delivery from either of those two locations, Centennial and Highlands Ranch. I'm Rudo. he's AJ Hafley. The big hockey news of this Monday... Nothing concrete yet but the wheels continue to turn as it sounds like the nhl is moving towards a more solidified 24 team playoff format and seemingly giving up on any regular season action actually happening i mean let's start with the obvious 24 teams is eight more than 16 aj how do you work that in to a playoff system
1: Um, well, I mean, you, you start with the, uh, you have play in rounds Yep, and, uh, you take all those teams that people are upset that would not have otherwise made the postseason, and you make them play each other for the privilege of staying in. Sure. And that's, it's the, that's the way that it makes sense. You could cut it down from, you could say, do the last two teams in the East and the last two teams in the West play each other and cut it down from 24 to 20. And then, then the then the team that won versus the last team from there in the east and the west and then cut it down even further.
0: Down to Yeah. You need to cut four more teams at that point, but Yeah,
1: and then you just keep going. I mean you could just keep going until you get to 16, sixteen and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I and that seems mostly
0: reasonable. Uh Obvious concern there is time frame. Or, or What are we talking for this series? Best of three? Best of five?
1: Oh, no. I um, I mean, like, I would start to get from 24 to 20 and best of one. Best of one, you're even. in. Yeah. And then while that's going on, the other teams are playing each other for seeding purposes. That way, nobody has an on-ice advantage of, like, yeah. hey, these guys have been playing that's... games while they've been trying to get in. And then the higher seeds... Normally, the bye would be a good thing, but they've been on a bye for four months or right. whatever it ends up being when they resume. So, That's where I was
0: headed to next because, you know, one of those low seeds has been playing for three weeks all of a sudden.
1: and Right, and so then you would have the top teams play for seeding purposes. Mm-hmm. You know, Colorado and St. Louis would play for, okay, who gets the top seed? Who's going who's gonna to get to play this, the team that comes out of this gauntlet of the bottom teams that are going to play their way through? And sure. then... Just go from there. So that way, everybody's okay. been on the ice, and that way you cut it down. And then when you get to sixteen, you just use your usual. I would, I'd, I would honestly don't worry about like division winners. Like I would, it would be like when you're playing for seeding, you have the top four teams in the West. So you would have Vegas, Edmonton, Colorado, and St. Louis all play for one through four. And just like round-robin it or something. exactly
0: okay I mean that makes sense I I'm okay with it in that regard Uh, obviously the big concern here something you talked about on Twitter a lot the other day is 24 teams too many first of all just as a number but secondarily you're looking at teams 23 and 24 and one of these things is not like the other right up through about Team 22, you have teams that are realistically in contention for the playoffs. But yeah,
1: I think, in, and that was Arizona, right? 22? I believe so, yeah. And they were f- like five points out? Uh, five or six, yeah. I,
0: I can bring it up here, but yeah, pretty much.
1: So, you're talking about a team that was in the position Colorado was in last year with 10 games left. And that's why that's why I'm not here to hear any to listen to any arguments about all oh, they wouldn't have done it because we just watched last year Colorado do it. And that's why I think it's fair to say that, hey, give them give them an opportunity. Sure. Even if even if you let in two teams that don't really belong in Chicago and Montreal who are sort of in no man's land and that they were. You know they were a little better than the bottom feeders, but they weren't. They weren't in playoff contention. You know Montreal's only three points ahead of Buffalo and New Jersey, for example. So, so. I, I guess the
0: question is, why not just do twenty two teams? If you're gonna have play in rounds anyway, where you have just you can whittle it down to whatever number you'd like. Why add these teams that are, don't realistically have a shot at the playoffs?
1: Well, because Montreal and Chicago are huge markets, and it's. That's just better for the league. It's that simple. In this in this case, the cynicism over money needs to just go away. Yeah. You have to understand that in this situation, money is going to be a huge driving factor in all the decisions that get made. There are going to be some losses that are acceptable, but there are going to be some that they can mitigate. If if it means letting in two massive markets in Montreal and and Chicago, fine.
0: Alright. And we're facing some realities here, where the season has now been suspended for over two months, and they have missed out on a significant amount of money. So, they're yeah. uh, part of this conversation is them doing whatever they can to recoup costs,
1: right? And that has a that has a trickle down effect uh, into things like the salary cap next season yep. and the stability of player salaries and all of that stuff. You know the abs. The abs just signed Miko in to a what was a nine point six million dollar deal for the next six years that could immediately turn into an albatross if the salary cap drops by twenty million dollars. Right. So, however many teams they need to realistically get into this thing to try and save as much money as possible, do it. Just do it. And and you know the fear is oh well one of those teams is going to win and. It will feel unfair. And it's like, you know, if that team, Chicago goes through three playoff rounds and then four regular playoff rounds, the best of seven. They earned it at the that Stanley point. Cup, yeah. What are you going to do? You can't say that there wasn't a, it wasn't that like the league rigged it for them. They had the hardest possible road. Yep. And uh, if a team, if a team goes on a crazy run like that, then you tip your cap. They go on a crazy run. Congrats to them. Yeah. We'll, we'll dive into the
0: asterisks a little bit more in period two, but I wanna stick here with the the concept of, of these twenty four teams and, and how all this is gonna work. We've covered potential mm-hmm. schedule, we've covered that. Something the NHL is still sorting out is location. The hub cities have been thrown around a lot. We've heard a lot Mm -hmm. of things. Today, it came out that one of the options they're considering is only two hub cities, so you're talking about 12 teams per in each city. Vegas, Mm -hmm. maybe one that might be realistic there, as they have the hotel infrastructure where it would at least be theoretically possible to house that many people and players in a a realistic quarantine hotel. Mm -hmm. But I don't know... If people fully grasp how difficult this is going to be, uh, not fully related, but we were talking off of the podcast about the Bundesliga, which just came back, the the German soccer league, they couldn't make it one day without a player yep.
1: breaking quarantine. Yep. So it's it was a it was a team staff member. Yep. Who went who went uh, for a toothbrush mm-hmm. and broke their broke the designated isolation rules on the first day. So, very first day, and then you're talking about bringing in so 12 teams. You're talking about that's just that's players, that's equipment managers, that's team front staff. office staff yeah. people that will all be there. You're also talking about families because there is absolutely no way the players are going to agree to this unless families are, are uh, involved.
0: You're talking about thousands of people for months at a time, basically.
1: Well, you're talking... See, well, and this is where it's not really months at a time because you are eliminating teams. So, within a week, you will have cut four of those teams. That's still, though. And, and you're whittling it down. Once you get it down to 16, once you get it down to 16 teams, which should, should only take about a week, maybe 10 days tops, depending on whatever, whatever you want to do for scheduling and however they want to set up the format it should not take more than a week and a half in order for them to uh to to remove eight of those teams and so that's four teams that would be four teams per location and yes it's still it's still going to be very challenging for them to do it in two cities i think the four cities makes way more sense right you can divide up the divisions it- it
0: would cut the number down to 6 teams per city which is still going to be a serious difficulty to conquer but you're talking about much more reasonable especially when you account for family and things like that it's it takes a toll on people to to not only yeah. you know have to quarantine and then also be playing hockey but for the families to just be in a city that they don't live in and potentially live there for months out of a hotel that they basically aren't allowed to leave. It, the the logistics of this are unprecedented and it's honestly my biggest hold up. The getting the players on the ice and playing the games I think isn't that hard to do for the league. Yeah. It's there, everything it's... else. So, yeah. We can take our first period break there, and it's a time to acknowledge my favorite thing during this quarantine time, Breckenridge Brewery. It's helping me through. I got their summer pills right here. You know me. You know I love all of their beers, and if you're looking for some yourself, you can head on down to the farmhouse in Littleton, where you can pick up whichever type of Breckenridge brew you want, and a meal as well, which you can get $5 off of when you use code DNBR. You can give them a call and get your pickup scheduled at 303 803 13 Eight, zero. On top of that, also, I am now a betting man, thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. And we're going with the pick of the week this time. You know I like to go with their odds boosts. They have great deals every single week. And this week, my easy money pick, you're getting plus 170 on Tom Brady throwing a touchdown pass to Gronk in week one of 2020. Guaranteed to happen. I'll put my neck on the line for that one. Easy money. Get it for free. Well, not for free. You have to bet. But I think you you got a good chance of getting your money back on that one. We'll, uh, we'll put it that way. And you can get some other great uh, deals from DraftKings as well, as they are giving a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 when you sign up with code DNVR today. It's a great deal. Get on it while you can. Like I said, Bunch of free money to bet with, basically, if you are willing to jump in on it. So, bonus comprised of a fir- first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Each deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNBR Avalanche podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I'm Rudo. He's AJ. The chat is only just now noticing that I did, in fact, shave my face. So, yeah, we're clean shaven for today's show. But, yeah, that's not important. What's important is, well, I mean, there's a lot of things important. But this podcast is talking about the NHL and what it brings back whenever it does happen to come back. So, you mentioned it with what if a team... Jumps all the way through the twenty fourth team in the league comes and, and wins the cup. They've gone through the road they've earned it. Everyone I've talked to they do not care
1: about the asterisk i Why would one even exist? I don't think there should be i'm I'm of the opinion more or less that as long as as long as it's a complete four rounds. Of proper 16-team playoff. Yeah, and like, even if the first round is best of five instead of best of seven, and then they go best of seven after that, I'm fine with that. That's still a gauntlet. You're talking about you have to win 15 games instead of 16? Like, come on.
0: I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care how they award the cup. The cup is the cup. I mean, the origins of this cup were a challenge cup in 1918 or whatever it was, some team called up the Montreal Wanderers and like, yo, we're challenging you for the cup. We're coming out there and we're playing and the winner gets it.
1: Uh, I would struggle if they were just like Boston and St. Louis, take the top two teams out out of the conferences. And they were like, hey, go play a best of seven. That's the Stanley Cup this year. I would be I would, disappointed. I would struggle with that. One.
0: I don't. I'd be okay with it, and like ultimately, of just awarding the cup. Certainly disappointed that it feels cheap to select the top two teams only, given that the season wasn't played to fruition in the setup that they have. But at the end of the day, I think the cup should be awarded in some shape or form.
1: I think it's going to be. I'm not honestly too concerned that it doesn't happen, okay. I think they're I think they're gonna try and make it work, and I think that maybe I just maybe I'm being naive and I just have too much faith in people.
0: I mean, I think they are going to make it work one way or another as well, but
1: it's gonna be a logistical nightmare um it it's gonna be it's. It's going to take a ton of groundwork. They're going to have to have a million contingencies. This is going to be the hardest thing that the league has probably ever had to do. Even harder than coming back off of an entire lockout. Because they basically have to build up brand new infrastructure on the fly. Yep. To, to solve any number of contingencies that they are going to have trouble foreseeing.
0: I Forget ones they're going to have trouble foreseeing. Talk about the ones you can already see. Vegas. Great location logistically to house people. There's not a ton of ice rinks in Vegas.
1: Yeah, between Summerlin, uh, the practice of Sony in Summerlin is very nice. They can they did the rookie showcase there. That's two sheets of ice plus T-Mobile. That's three sheets of ice. If you have, if, if they do decide to do two hub cities and they have 12 teams, that's a problem. Yep. But if you only have like four to six teams, three sheets of ice isn't that big of a deal. You can get we by. saw they yep. made it they made it work without using T-Mobile when we were at the Rookie Showcase two years ago. Yep, They used just Summerlin. The Summerlin, uh, they, they stayed at Red Rock Casino, and they used the Summerlin practice facility, and that was it. That was with four teams. Yeah, that was like four teams, and that's what I'm saying. Just those those four teams, they stay there. They use those sheets of ice to practice. They play their games there. It's fine. Their camera bays, they can set it up to, to broadcast from there if they need to. It's not great. But since there's not going to be media anyway, they don't need any additional infrastructure. It's already in place. That's they can strange. get away with that. And then T Mobile, you can have any number of teams. You could probably make four teams work at T Mobile if you just run a practice schedule throughout the day. And then at that point, you've only got two, you only have two games that you have to play. Those teams are playing; they play each other. Say that that's one of the seating things. Teams play each other. Bam! You've got four teams using T-Mobile and four teams using the Summerland Practice Facility. You have eight. You have eight teams staying in Vegas, and they would only need to use two hotels between Park two, MGM, yeah, which is literally across the street from T-Mobile and Red Rock Casino. You're set. Yeah. Like logistically, that would make all the sense in the world but no <laughs> right like there's, a,
0: there's there's a whole there's, lot of unknowns
1: going on there right like it's it sounds it sounds great when you lay it out like that but what happens what happens when three guys from a team test positive how is testing going to work right you know are you, MLB has a deal uh that they're going to they're going to buy X number of tests, but they're also going to buy a bunch for the general, for release to the public as well. So that there isn't this problem of athletes are privileged it's and a they're rich, taking tests kind of right. yeah Exactly. And that's a, it's a legitimate, it's a legitimate concern. You have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to worry about, Hey, this is, this is kind of nonsense. There are people that are in need of this and we're talking about burning through a ton of tests on on players that otherwise would be perfectly healthy if they weren't trying to play games for our entertainment. Right. This is purely for entertainment purposes and so that rich people don't lose a bunch of money.
0: Yeah. So. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong, entertainment in times
1: like this certainly has its value as well. Yeah, I mean, I finally the Last Dance documentary finished, so I can start watching it. I watched episode one already this afternoon, and I am ready to give up my entire life to watch yeah, the Yeah, cool. Last, so you know what bit. we'll be talking about on Tuesday's
0: podcast. Then.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're talking Michael Jordan tomorrow.
0: <laughs> and how he shouldn't have gone to baseball, he should have played hockey. Confirmed.
1: <laughs> that would have been awesome. All right, well... We'll
0: take our second period break here, as we did have our big closest to the whole tournament, the Tahopen on WGT Golf over the weekend. I can tell you I thought I was doing pretty well, and then I botched the last hole and ended up in the 20s somewhere. So it,
1: the pressure is on
0: in these tournaments, man.
1: People put up some 47. insane scores.
0: All right, I beat AJ.
1: Count it. I was just trying not to get last. I had not played. The last time I played WGT, I don't even remember. So not last, though. It it had been a while, and so I was just like, don't finish last. (laughs) I I think six people had a worse day than I did. Survived. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you... I really got screwed by that bunker shot. I screwed that one, too. Like, I I botched
0: it so bad. It's so hard to gauge, like, how much the bunker is taking away from your speed. Mm -hmm. But... Either way, if you want to join us, WGT Golf can be downloaded from dnvrgolf.com. And there are more than 20 million players around the world that love the game with amazing courses, true to real life, around the world. I think our uh, clubhouse, excuse me, is up over 245 members at this point. So. We're at 250. So there you go. So there's a ton of us out there playing WGT Golf. If you want to get in and be part of the fam, highly recommend you join in from DNVR Golf. .com to be one of us out on the links third period of the dnbr avalanche podcast presented by davidson's beer wine and spirits i'm rudo he's aj at this point aj i <laughs> there is still nothing concrete and i understand that To a certain effect, there cannot be anything concrete when it comes to return to play things. But will they start loosening things up? We've seen in the NBA, teams are starting to return to practice in areas that teams are allowed to. We've seen in baseball some serious considerations, I would say, further along than the NHL you can say what you want about the MLB draft and the decisions they've made there, but they have made decisions about it at the very Mm -hmm. least. The NHL seems to continue to waffle a bit more than the other major sports leagues in North America.
1: Well, the, the NHL is accustomed to taking keys from the NBA, and they let the NBA kind of test balloon their way through things, and the NHL decides to do whatever they have to do based on that. Right. Because their schedules run so close to each other and, you know, they're such comparable leagues in, in a lot of ways that they are, they're kind of side by side. So the NHL just lets the NBA do whatever. And then they try to make decisions from there. Based off. Yeah. Um, the NBA is not doing anything right now. They, they are, you know, players have started to get back in the facilities on a extremely limited basis. Um, I don't know if you saw that ultra sad video of Vladko Chanchar in the Nuggets facility working out by himself <laughs> on one end of the court and Jamal Murray on the other end of the court, where it was like, man, this is hard to watch. Yeah. Like, we're still a long way from these guys coming back in a meaningful way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, you know, the NHL, the, what's weird is that the NHL just keeps leaking stuff. And this is I, this is where I think they just don't have confidence. They just they just keep putting out different plans. Oh, hey, today we're going to talk about maybe doing this, and right. today we're going to try this. Every day there's
0: gonna... a new rumor,
1: right? Right, and it's like completely different formats. Yeah, you know, now we've gone from four hub cities, and here are eight cities that it could be at. To now, they want to do two hub cities in a twenty four of twenty fourteen format and it's like what the hell is going on here and for me i just i would just i I just shut up like the nhl just shut up close your doors come back when you have something solid to say come come back when you have like when you've answered some of the big questions how are you going to handle testing what happens when a player gets sick because to me it seems like the hub city stuff is the easiest problem to solve And it's the one they're being the most public about. And it's like, look, it doesn't really matter where you go. You're going to have much bigger questions than this that you have to answer anyway. So don't give us anything. Don't, Don't float any of this. Don't suggest any of this. Come back when you have a plan. Because right now, this feels like... You know, like you're in school and your your teacher your teacher is, is is giving you like a a, a long term assignment, right? And it's three weeks until the thing is due, and they're saying, "Hey, what's the update on this assignment?" And you know, you haven't done a damn thing for it, but you remember like the the the, the highlights, right? Like I had to do a whole research project in Texas history class about Buddy Holly. I could give her like three things that I knew about Buddy Holly off the top of my head at the time. Right. But it was like anything more in depth than that. I was, I was in trouble. And that's what this feels like is that the NHL is like, well, hub cities, we could do these. These are our different ideas for the hub cities, but none of the big questions have been answered. And they haven't even, they, they haven't even been addressed for the most part. They're still just question marks. I, I would tend to agree with you there.
0: I guess my next step would be, okay, you don't have the NBA to follow, but we're starting to see some organizations bring their sports back, and can the NHL take anything from a NASCAR, from a UFC, who had things in place, successfully now have had events. Granted, a little bit different when teams are essentially one person and they're their corner people in the UFC, a lot fewer numbers that you're talking about logistically there, but yeah. nonetheless, it's twelve people in there. Sure, but I mean the UFC card they put together, what, fifteen fights, with each fighter on each team, and their entire squads. They had the the broadcast people set up in there, and they performed it successfully. They even had a player or a a fighter test positive before their first one, caught it, removed him, and solved that problem. So there are, I'm not going to say it's a clear path, but there are some steps to follow now that could help leagues like the NHL start getting on the right track. And I don't know how much they can apply those, but... Given their history of following the NBA as you were talking about, hopefully or I guess do you think that will expediate the process?
1: Do I think you I think you lost me here?
0: Having events happening. The UFC oh. has happened. Will that help the I NHL?
1: See. Uh soccer coming back and yeah. baseball trying to come back and you right. know no. Because they're not hockey. Okay. Hockey hockey has a contact issue, certainly that soccer and baseball do not. Obviously, the UFC has plenty of contact, but it, it doesn't, you know, 15 fights. They have 15 fights. That's 30 people. You have, what, say, five people per side for, for training and all that, and then you have a couple of broadcasters who were there and judges That's,
0: and other things but the number is still significantly less than
1: you're you're talking about the same number of people to put on all of that to put on 15 fights for the UFC as it is to have one hockey game right so right around the same number of people for a massive card like that and for one hockey game and you're going to have 24 teams and it's just it's just a numbers problem man like between between testing And, uh, between, uh, what happens if somebody gets sick and just the, the raw number of people who these guys are going to be exposed to on a regular basis, you have to, I think they're, they're in a much tougher spot. And like, this gets worse, you know, the NBA, it's easier than this because NBA rosters are half the size of NHL rosters. Yep. And that's before the NHL uses expanded rosters in case somebody does get sick or hurt or whatever we're going to see the 30 man rosters and then you go from there and you know the NFL is going to have an even bigger problem because they have a major contact issue and they have 90 guy rosters for training camp yeah
0: with when you're talking what about a- training squads and stuff and and that's yeah. the most contact sport of you know the big 4
1: so Right. And then they have fifty three man regular roster and then ten guys to a to a practice squad and plus they have by far the largest of the coaching staffs. Like their coaching staff is like twenty guys deep on, on its own. Right. Yeah. The minimum. I'm not even thinking about support staff there. So you're you know, I I don't I don't think that these smaller scale sports, you know, the, the NASCAR had a race. You're talking about one dude with a pit crew of like seven people. Something like that, right? Like give or take a few. I don't. I mean, there there shouldn't be twenty people per per team in pit row, but I guess it's possible there is. I, I don't follow racing hard uh, enough to know. But anyway, you don't have nearly the, the the number problem that you do that you're going to in hockey. Combine that with the contact problem, and then the hub city thing. You guys got in a hub city. You're just if one dude gets sick, you know. Well, okay. Are they all eating in the same place? Have they all been exposed to each other? are you isolating the teams away from one another in a in a very strict fashion? I I mean it's just it's going to be complicated, man, and I don't know that the other sports are are applicable. Every sport sort of has its unique challenges.
0: Yeah, it definitely I agree with you on on the unique challenges and and the fact that hockey and football are both Significantly more difficult because of the numbers game combined with the physical aspect. Baseball, yeah, you have very big teams, but let's be honest, the players are rarely touching each other in that sport.
1: Right, like the guys, the the guys in the dugout. You you'll probably have to not have people in the dugout, or there will be a designated number of player of people allowed in the dugout at right. a given time. That way, you know they can try and do some semblance of distance. How are you going to distance guys when they're on the bench in in hockey? Yeah,
0: there's just not you enough those... space. Yeah,
1: right. Are, are you gonna are you gonna play with half a roster? Well, then now you've completely compromised your game. And I... so I, f- hockey's hockey and ho- hockey's in such a really weird spot here. Yep,
0: haven't even touched the logistics of of referees and that whole side of things. Is... oh yeah no.
1: Most referees
0: have their unions for sports as well, which is a whole other party. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, trying to get them to agree on stuff could be a plenty a of a hassle. It,
0: it, at the end of the day, it, that's where we're still at—the same place we were last week and the week before—is there's just too many variables yeah. to have anything solid, and the NHL keeps floating rumors <laughs>
1: instead of giving us something solid. We, we were feeling super confident that we were going to get a draft announcement two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, we had a big production meeting about what our NHL draft plan was. We still don't have an announcement, and they're still toying with the idea of June draft or postseason draft. They, don't, they can't make a decision on anything. It's like, that, it's like that couple that can't figure out where they're going to go to dinner. Because the one person doesn't care and the other person doesn't want to make the decision. That's the NHL. They're never going to get to go to dinner at this rate. They will never eat again. They're just going to starve.
0: (laughs) Confirmed. Those poor starving people. All right. Before we go any further off the rails, I think we can go ahead and wrap up today's show. Uh, So, yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. As AJ mentioned, our draft coverage is ramping up. In fact, if you're listening to this podcast live, we're immediately jumping into a prospect watch afterward. So keep your eyes out for that. If draft coverage is your thing, well, who knows? Maybe there'll be one in June and and we'll have you covered for that, or maybe there will be one in October and we'll have you super-duper covered for that. Either way, DNVR has you for everything abs-related hockey. You know all of it already. Other than that, the only thing I have left to say is it is so much faster to shave my face using the Manscaped trimmer. Let me tell you, this used to take like an hour to shave all this stuff off. With the trimmer, you just buzz it up real quick and clean it up super fast, super easy. Their new third generation trimmer, the Lawnmower Mower 3.0, is just awesome. And you can purchase their whole Manscaped package, including an amazing carrying case, as well as some ball deodorant, some ball toner, everything you need to keep yourself fresh down below the belt, the Manscaped way, and you get 20% off and free shipping when you use code DNVR20 at manscaped.com. So jump on it, help support us, help support Manscaped, and make everyone in the community one big happy family. That's it for us. Thank you for listening. You know the drill. Even in these quarantine times, we will be back tomorrow. We and we are Avalanche with Apolee.